Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to be back in the house of the Lord, right? I mean, this isn't our building, but it's still, it's, it's our hallowed ground, right? So, all right. Well, good morning. This is the second week, we're in the second week of our uh, series called Begin Again. This is also day number eight of the 21 days of fasting and prayer. Congratulations, you're one-third the way through of giving up sweets, or whatever you gave up. So how are you doing with that? Last uh, last week I was talking with one of the brothers, I won't give his name, I guess I could because he's not here at this service. And uh, I said, well, Ron, what are you what are you giving up for your fasting? He says, well, I'm going to give up liver and onions. <laughs> and his wife was standing next to him, which is a big mistake because she gave him one of those jabs in the side. <clears throat> so I just followed through with that theme. And I said, well, I'm going to give up kale. <laughs> but, you know, <clears throat> we eat a lot of salads in our house. And um, Kathy likes to slip in a kale underneath a leaf of spinach on me <laughs> now and then. So I thought, well, this is good. I can go to her and say, look, you can't do that anymore. I gave up kale. (laughs) Guess what we had for dinner last night? (laughs) Oh, well. Well, it's been almost a year ago that I stood before you, if you recall, for some of that were here. And uh, I started my uh, message on prayer, and I just asked a simple question. How's your prayer life? But one thing I realized afterwards, that was the wrong question to ask. In a way, it was almost misdirecting us on what I believe is really the most important thing. You know, prayer is really just an expression of our personal relationship with God. It's an expression of, you know, what's, what's the level of intimacy do we have with God, just like many other things. So my question really is, and you may think it's very simplistic and remedial, but I think it's quite profound, and hopefully within the next five minutes you'll agree. The question is, what is God to you? What is God to you? Because like I said, prayer is, is just an expression of that relationship to God. Prayer is a demonstration of a person's love, respect, humility, fear, faith, and belief in God the Father, as well as their surrender to Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. It's one of the many expressions. We read our Bibles. That's one of the expressions. Prayer. How much you serve Like Pastor Steve, you're saying, how much we serve in church. How much we love our brothers as ourselves in God's plan. It's just one of the many expressions that are really subject to our level of intimacy with the Father. So if the relationship with God is strong or weak, Take a person's prayer life will be affected. On the one end of the scale, 
If the relationship is strong, it'll be a joy to pray. It would be a joy to read the Word. It would be a joy to love one another. On the other end of the scale, if the relationship is weak, prayer could feel like a drudgery. Drudgery means menial, dull, dry, not interesting. So I imagine many of us at some point were somewhere in between those two, right? Some point in our walk with the Lord. Believe me, it was not my intention to bear such a heavy, to, to bring such a heavy weight at the start of my message. But I couldn't let it go. I mean, it wasn't in my message when I started. It's something that just the Lord has laid on my heart. And I just couldn't let it go. So, I'm asking. What is God to you? And not only to you, but what is God to you today? All right? To ask this question another way, how's your first love? How's your first love today? Not when you first said the sinner's prayer. Not when you first took the walk down the church aisle like some churches do. Not when you first filled out a commitment card. What is God to you today? Because today is what matters. Over the last year, has there been a growth in your relationship with God, your Abba Father? Or could you honestly admit to yourself, I may have taken a step back? So I think, well, let's let's assess where we are. And how do you do that? With the Word of God. I want to share with you three scriptures to help us kind of find our way of where we are. What is God to us? Matthew 22, 36 through 39. This is the first scripture. And Jesus was asked, he was out teaching in public, and Jesus was asked, Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? As we all know, there was thousands of Mosaic laws, so many laws. And it's kind of like, help us narrow it down to what's the greatest, what really matters, what's, what's the number one thing that we, if we fail all these other ones, this is the command. This is the commandment that we need to be most aware of. And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God all your heart, all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. I assure you, when I first read that or heard about that from the pulpit, I, was, I had to be thinking, how is that even possible? How is that even possible that I would love God with all my mind, all my soul, all my heart, all that is within me? Is that even possible? There are things, so many, that are competing for our interest in this world. So many things that we're being offered. So many temptations, if you will. Can we really do it all? Or sometimes do we take a step back and it's like, almost all my heart. Almost all my soul. Almost 
all my mind. And if things get really tough, if we get really distracted, and if we kind of fall away, heaven forbid, I'd hate it to be some of my heart, some of my mind, some of my soul. And the second is like it, he says, to love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. Have you been to Walmart lately? <laughs> Holy mackerel. It's a command. It's not a suggestion. It's not a recommendation that you can choose to do or not. The scripture tells us if we love God but hate our brother and sister, we are liars. That's tough words. It's tough love. That's tough words. For it says, how can we love, how can we hate our brother and sister that we see, but love God that we can't see? It's a challenge. And then, of course, yourself. I know many people that just, they have such a low self-esteem. And God is saying, child of God, you are special to me. You really know who you are. So I ask again, what is God to you today? There's a lady in the Bible in a story that's being told, that is told about Martha Stewart. Well, it's not Martha Stewart. But Martha, who was invited Jesus over for dinner. Invited them over for self-fellowship time. And Martha was definitely one of those type A people. You know, ADD, whatever. She was just, she wanted to make sure everything was perfect. I, I, I can imagine if you would look in her food pantry, all the fruits and vegetables would be just lined up perfectly, and they'd be in alphabetical order. You want to know what that's like? Visit our house. Anyway, um, but she wanted everything perfect, and so she was very busy in her work and such. But the thing that started bothering her is her sister Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet. She wasn't really paying attention to what Martha was doing. And it finally got to the point where Martha said, Jesus, tell my sister to help out. We have all this to do. So how did Jesus respond? Did Jesus reprimand Mary? Nope. Did he reprimand Martha? Not at all. I kind of pictured in my mind where Jesus would call Martha to him and cup his hands and, and have Martha put her face right in his hands. And he would just look at her with a smile and say, Martha, Martha, there's so much that you're yeah, there are, there's so much that you're busy with. But really, there's only a few things that are really important. Indeed, only one. And Mary has chosen the better. And that's not going to be taken away from her. You see, Jesus turned that into a teaching moment, didn't he? Not in a reprimand moment. Or discipline. He turned it into a teaching moment. And not just for Martha, 
but also for anybody that was in that room to hear him. And since it was in, since it's in the God's word, it's a teaching moment for us too, right? I mean, don't we get busy? Don't we get distracted? There are many good things that we do. Many good things that we do here even in the church. Many good things that we do for our neighbors and in our community. Many good things. But there's times that Jesus tells us to step back and to remind us there's only a few things that are really important. And if you take the right step back, it's really only one. And if you do choose the better, and when you do choose the better, it's not going to be taken away from you. And in one more verse, it's out of Revelations. Jesus is talking to the church of Ephesus. And of all of all of the churches that Jesus has these words to that John communicates to us, I think Ephesus has looks the best. Because he talks to the people of Ephesus. He said, you're doing these things right. You're keeping evil away. You're doing this right. You're doing that right. Yet I hold this against you. Revelations 2, 4, and 5. I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you first had. It's just a statement. But then he asks a question. Consider how far you have fallen. So what is God to you today? In all honesty, I have to put myself in the ladder. I remember when I was first saved. I could not get enough of God's word. I could not get enough of the Bible, right? I would spend every evening and most of the weekends just in God's word. It was in our first house. We had this little family room, and I would go to that room, close the door, and I would be gone for hours. Now, I remember when I first came across a scripture about wives, submit to your husband. Whoa, I grabbed that, and I said, look, Kathy. (laughs) See, I knew God was wise. I like this guy. She responded back saying, Keep reading. <laughs> Keep reading. And then I came across the verses, Husbands, love your wives, as Christ loves the church and gave himself. And I don't want my prayers to be hindered either. So for my 21 days of prayer and fasting, I decided I was going to fast TV. Now, we didn't watch that much TV, but... I think about it quite a bit. And since we've been fasting TV, it's a lot of time. And I'm replacing that time with rediscovering my first love for his word. And it's been great. It really has. So, my brothers and sisters, if you've been kind of feeling a tug in your spirit to begin again at the start of this new year, don't ignore it. I plead with you, don't ignore it. Maybe even today is the day to regain any lost ground. 
or to take another step to reach higher into his kingdom. Came across a quote by Billy Graham. And I'm sure he was asked this many times, but the question he was asked is, what is the greatest single need in the church today? And this is what he said. I am convinced that the single greatest need in most churches today is spiritual revival for a renewed and commitment to Jesus Christ and a greater desire to do his will, regardless of the cost. You know, discipleship is about pointing all people to God, pointing the lost to their Savior. And even people that know God, people have a relationship with God, discipleship is walking along them and helping them with their walk. Helping them, encouraging them. Well, that was just my opening. My message really today is about prayer and agreement. Prayer and agreement. You know, at the last elders meeting, we were talking about we really need each other to walk our faith. It's not easy to do it on your own, almost impossible. You just can't do it on your own. Minimum, we need God's God's Holy Spirit. He's referred to as the spirit of truth, the spirit of adoption, our comforter, helper, advocate. I mean, the apostles really didn't have much courage until the Holy Spirit fell upon them in that first a prayer meeting in the upper room. See, Jesus didn't really teach them how to preach, but he did teach them how to pray. But we also need the Holy Spirit. We also need each other. Matthew 18, 19 to 20. I say to you, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in your midst. Jesus is declaring that his power resides in the center of prayers of agreement. Two or three. That's all. What I think is wonderful is the size of our group doesn't limit God at all. Whether it's two or three, 30 or 40, God is God. And his power is his power. The prayer of agreement is one of the most powerful gifts that God has provided his church for victory in our Christian lives. It takes at least two people to agree or disagree on something, right? I mean, unless you're bipolar, but. Consider this, through Jesus' ministry, he would back up his teachings 
of what he was teaching the disciples and others, he would back that up by, by t- reminding the apostles that he's only repeating what he heard the Father say. John 8, 28. And that he did only what he saw the Father do. John 5, 19. That sounds like agreement, doesn't it? Jesus informed the apostles as he was sending them the Holy Spirit, who will not speak on his own, but only what he hears from Jesus. That also sounds like agreement. John 16, 13 through 15. I think one of the greatest examples of prayer and agreement is the Lord's Prayer itself. Think about the words that are in it. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts. Lead us. Deliver us. That prayer would have a whole different sounding if you replace the us with a me or an I. It just just wouldn't sound right, would it? But that's how Jesus was teaching the apostles on how to pray. It's us. God has ordained his church to minister to one another. Isn't that amazing that he's given us one another? I mean, at one point, we were all perfect strangers. Perfect strangers. But now we have been drawn together under the banner and love of Jesus Christ. We are not solely to be isolated Christians, only to receive from God in our prayer closet. We live in community. We live in communion with one another. How sad if we would withdraw and not take advantage of the prayers and the giftings of other members of the body. We are here for each other. For those in Christ, we are family. We are heirs with Christ. We are co-heirs. We are heirs with the kingdom of God. James 5.16, therefore confess your sins of one another. Pray for one another that you, we, may be healed. We have prayer meetings once a month, first Monday of the month, for one hour. Twelve hours a year. Not much. But I have to be honest. There's been times that there's only been two or three people there. And personally, it does bother me because I think God deserves more. We're a community. So I want you to seriously consider, there is blessings when we come together. God says, I'm going to be in your midst. So I'm pleading with you that you're cutting yourself off from some of the extraordinary blessings. It's like what Pastor He said. That was an extraordinary time last Monday. It was incredible. There was healings that took place, physical healings, emotional healings that took place. 
the main thing, there was so much love in that room. It was incredible. And I just don't want you to miss out. It's that simple. So as we close, I want to bring something to your attention. In front of each of you are these little prayer cards. I'll be honest, most people ignore these weapons. And, And that's what I consider them. I consider these as weapons. Weapons against struggles, against strongholds, against physical and emotional pain, against things that happen because we live in a fallen, self-centered, corrupt world. So, we are going to prepare for battle. To ask God to make something happen, or to change the suspected outcome, or to intercede supernaturally because the natural seems hopeless. And many times, that's when we ask for prayer, right? Many times, that's really what prayer is about. We look in the natural, and the natural just seems hopeless. My job, maybe the family, maybe the marriage, maybe just my walk with God. I don't have that intimacy level that I desire, that I want. Well, and so your natural seems hopeless. Well, we serve a supernatural God that works in the natural as well as the supernatural. I can assure you everyone has a need, but it also takes courage. So here we are today. What's troubling you? Let me give you a couple things to consider. Is there something that you would say, I'm struggling with? And it's almost like you could start your sentence with that. I am struggling with. And if you're truly struggling with that thing, why wouldn't you bring it to the Lord? Why wouldn't you, in prayers and agreement, attack that thing? How about another thing? Another thought? What's keeping you awake at night? What's causing you to lose sleep? Is it something medical? Is it something emotional? Is there something going on, a bill you have to pay, or something going on with the house or with the family? And it literally is costing you sleep. You wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning, and it's like, oh, this thing is nagging me. What's your first impulse? Is it to pray, or is it to dwell upon it? You're already proven you can't do anything about it. Write that on the prayer card. What's causing you to lose sleep? Or can you honestly say, I'm still not ready? Maybe you're not. Now, in all these things, it asks for your name, email, and such, and that's totally optional. But if you can honestly say to yourself, I'm still not ready. I would encourage you to write your name. Because I guarantee you, somebody's going to contact you. Because there's nobody in the elders team, Pastor Heath, 
and many others want you to remain in that state of not being ready to receive from the Lord. So please, if you write that, that you're not ready, please, give us your name and contact. We want to contact you. We want to come alongside you. We want to tear down that stronghold with you or whatever we need to break through to bring you to Christ. If that doesn't work, then I guarantee you we all know somebody that needs the Lord. We all know somebody that has not accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Write their name down. We want to pray for that person. And then last, and I think this is the greatest, and I see this on prayer cards quite a bit. I just need more of God. Scripture says we need to pray in God's will. If that's not praying God's will, I don't know what is. I just need more of God. So I'm serious. There's a prayer card in front of you. There's pens in front of you. I want you to take a little bit of time to think about that. Bring your request. Now, normally, we have a prayer team. Okay, We have 19 prayer warriors. 14 are women, 5 are men. And when we get the prayer cards in any given Sunday... Uh, they're placed in an email and sent out to these 19 individuals to pray over for the week. And not just once. We encourage them that during their daily prayer time, whether it be morning, noon, afternoon, they pray over those needs, those requests. But we're going to do something a little different since we have prayer tomorrow night. We'll be having the second Monday of three Mondays that we're having a prayer, gra- a prayer gathering and we're going to be lifting up these prayer, God, prayer cards to God. We're going to take these weapons and we're going to attack. We're going to seek and ask God to break through any barriers, causes for lost sleep, not being ready, feeling worthless, and tear down any of those strongholds, struggles, addictions, anger, idols, at the same time while we're seeking forgiveness and his kingdom come and his will to be done. But don't get me wrong, this meeting is not just for the prayer team. It's not just for the elders. It's for everyone who calls Reach Church their home. Have the uh, worship team come forward and the prayer teams come forward. So as we close, the prayer team members will be up front to pray with you or for you. All you have to do is Literally take a physical step to come forward and present yourself. Maybe you want to present the card so you can both read it and agree upon it and pray over it and lift it up to God in agreement. Let me tell you, I know this prayer team. You know these people. There is so much love in their heart for you. Undisputable. They want what's best for you. They want what they know God wants what's best for you. This can also be the opportunity if you're ready to take your walk 
with someone and seal your decision in prayer through the Holy Spirit. You just might receive that new beginning that you want.